Hey church family, Jordan here. Welcome into worship today. We are so glad you are here. And for those visiting in person today, feel free to stop by our I'm New Wall located in the lobby. We would love to meet you and get connected. We even have a gift for you for stopping by. Hey men, it's almost here. Beyond the food, fun, and fellowship, this will be an incredible 24-hour look into the life of Gideon and what it looks like for men to step into God's calling and plan. Maybe you can't commit to both days. If you can commit to the Friday or Saturday, we have added a one-day cost of $40. If that's something you can do, register today on our website and click on the Uncommon banner. We also want to remind anyone that's planning on camping, please contact Pastor Dave to reserve your spot. We have a few more events coming in October. Women, save the date for Own It Kickoff happening on October 22nd. As you all know, October is the festival month. Our annual Fall Family Fun Fest is October 25th. This year's theme is all around the world, so we will be celebrating and decorating with a global feel. We are hoping to get our volunteers signed up early for this event, so stop by our sign-up wall in the rear of the sanctuary and help make this year's the best one yet. Today, Jason is closing out the sermon series on wisdom. We've learned what it looks like, how to attain it, and today we will discuss how to use it for God's glory. He may even challenge some to mentor and equip the next generation. We want to celebrate with Helena. She made a decision for Christ and was baptized last Sunday. to your feet as you stand to your feet this morning i want to give you the opportunity to either just shake off the week that you've had so we can reset or maybe you just want to lift your hands in the air and give god praise for what he's done for you this week he's brought you here he's given you life and we just want to invite him into this place so let's just turn our focus to the one true king The one that hears us when we think nobody else does. The one who is near when we feel like we're alone. God, we invite you into this place. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long. 
some crowd, amen. God, thank you for this day and what you have given us life. Thank you for what you have planned for the word that's going to be spoken today, God. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. We all said, amen. Amen. That is, that's something to celebrate. Wow. Hey, this is, this place is packed out. Welcome. Yeah. Hey, you guys, uh, it's awesome. Uh, glad you're here. Um, we are in the last week of this Life Hack series. And so what we wanted to do, what we've done, what Dave's done an incredible job of doing over the last three weeks is just sharing with you about God's wisdom and what God has for us in his word with wisdom and how that can really change our lives. And so we've said like with this life hack, right? Life hacks, this idea is there's just like this little uh, definition that we've kind of been working with or whatever. You look at this, just a simple tip or a clever technique to make familiar tasks, you know, things easier in life, right? Work smarter, right? Figure out things that can make life simpler. And so I love all the, the life hacks that Dave has, has shared over the last three weeks. Um, when I started seeing these several years ago now, the memes and the, the pictures and the videos, there was one that came across you know, my phone or whatever that I was just like blown away by. I was like, this is revolutionary. This will change the way I travel from now on, well, the way I pack my clothes from now on. Some of you guys may have seen this. I want you to take a look at this video. Check, check this out. Okay, uh, I'm going to try to pack all this stuff this bag using the clown car style of packing that my beloved mother taught me. Anybody seen so, this? Uh, here Nobody seen this? Yeah. Yeah. So when I he says he's doing this for a month, like a month's worth of packing. And the first time I saw this, I was like, no way. There's no way he gets all that in there, right? It's basically a backpack too, right? Anybody pack like this? Yes. You do? Yeah. Blows my mind. I bet this guy's really good at, at like uh, wrapping Christmas presents. Right? He got shoes and flip flops and like everything. A towel. There you go. And it's, yeah, so there you go. The next time you pack, go back. I'll send that video to you if you want it. Like, it'll change your life the next time you have to go on a trip, right? And so, what we, what we understand is there, there's a way that you can do things that's just smarter. That's just wiser, right? And so God comes along and he says, hey, I want to give you this, this, this book in the Bible, Proverbs. I want to give you this book that's just full of little nuggets of, of wisdom. It's just saturated with all kinds of wisdom. If, uh, King Solomon wrote most of it. He's the wisest man who ever lived. He, God came to him and said, hey, uh, if you, uh, I'll grant you anything you want. And Solomon was wise enough to say, well, give me wisdom. And so God said, good choice, and I'll give you everything else you want as well. And so uh, uh, King Solomon wrote a lot of a lot of these uh, these proverbs. Here's a definition of what a proverb is, right? It's just a short, clever saying that offers wisdom. And so if, if uh, Solomon back in his day was tweeting, 
he would have just been tweeting all these little proverbs, right? All these little sayings out. Going, hey, this is what, this is, this will work, or this will work. Or remember this, or do this, or say this, right? And so Proverbs is just full of all these. One of the things I encourage folks, and maybe a lot of you guys are in this kind of place today, is like if you're a new Christian, if you're just kind of trying to figure some of this out for the first time, or kind of navigating all this whole journey with Jesus for the very first time, like go read Proverbs. Go read Proverbs, go read the letter uh, that James wrote, and go read one of the Gospels. Go read uh, Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, Jesus' sermon on the mount. Start there. If you're like, hey, I don't know where to start with the Bible, go read Proverbs, go read James, go read the Sermon on the Mount. That'll get you going. And, and here's the thing, guys. There are things that I read in Proverbs. There are things that I read that Jesus said in the, in the Sermon on the Mount There are the other, in the Bible that I've been chewing on for, for three or four decades that I still don't get, that I still don't completely comprehend. So it's okay when you read these things and go, oh man, this is, this is good. I don't understand this. Right? Keep doing that. Keep engaging that. But Proverbs is one of those books that can really help us in life as we walk along this journey. I want you to look at what Proverbs says about itself. It says this, let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. So it's saying in the first chapter, verse 5, say, you know, listen to these things. You'll become wise. Let those with understanding receive guidance. I, I don't know about you, but I bet you can look around in society and in our world and, and, and realize that there seems to be a lack of wisdom, generally speaking, right? There seems to be a lack of guidance for a lot of people, generally speaking. And so God comes along and he gives us this wisdom. He, he, he imparts it on our hearts and our minds and he wants us to share it with others. And so this morning I want to talk about uh, the decisions that we make. I want to give you guys th- three practical things. We're going to talk about these and then at the end I'm going to give you a call to action that hopefully you can help us with here at this church and also in this community. We know that the decisions that we make in life make us. The decisions that you make make you. You've made decisions in your life at some point that have gotten you to where you are. Some of them are good, right? You made good decisions and you, you look back, well, that was a good decision. That was a smart play on my part. You've also done other things that go, man, not so good. That's going to hurt, right? That left a mark. And you're like, I'm not going to do that again, right? So we make these choices. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're, ma- they're bad. But the decisions that we make today determine the stories that we're going to tell in the future with our lives. Look at what Proverbs 2 says. It says this, wise choices, I think this is beautiful, all right? Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. Wisdom will save you from evil people, from those whose words are twisted. You ever ever been in a conversation with someone and it seems like they're twisting words? They're manipulating the situation, the conversation, and you know that it's a trap. You know that it's, it's like, I, I, I need to get out of this. I need to flee from this. This is not wise because if I continue down this path with this person, this conversation, this is not, like, it's, it's evil and it's twisted, right? And so wise choices, understanding, all, all these things, the, the Bible says it's, it's going to keep us safe. It's going to provide a way for us to walk in wisdom. But here's what happens. A lot of times when we have to make a decision, and maybe you've prayed this. I've prayed this before. God, will you just show me what to do? Right? God, I'm sitting here writing this. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. God, will you just show me what to do? Just make it crystal clear in this situation what I need to do. God, show me what to do. God, show me what to do. Here's what God does. God comes and he says, I'm not going to show you what to do. I'm not, not going to show you what to do. I'm going to give you wisdom so that you can make a decision. 
right? There's a difference. A lot of times we assume, and you may assume this as a, as a new Christian, that okay, you, you become a Christian, you're on this path with Jesus, and like now things are going to be, it's going to be obvious. It's going to be so clear. It's going to be like, oh, do this, don't do that. The Holy Spirit's going to come in and convict you all the time. And, it's gonna be like, and sometimes that happens, but, but, but a lot of times it's like, I, I, I don't know, what do we do here? Don't know, it's not, not real clear, right? And God just says, just take another step and trust me. It's not this 30,000 foot view of everything. It's like in the moment, you just have to say, God, show me what to do. And God said, I'm, I'm going to give you wisdom. And then, then you're going to get to make a decision. We, we may assume that, that people like the Apostle Paul had it all figured out. And that God was just clearly showing them every step, every step by step by step. Where to do, what missionary journey to go on, what city to go to, what church to start, what person to talk to. Like that it was just this guided life that was just like, all right, Paul was not going to make a mistake because he was walking the Lord every day. But that's not the case. Look at what he wrote here. This is in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. He said this. He said, he's just writing this letter. And he says, look at the, look at the uh, indecisiveness in this right perhaps i will stay with you for a while maybe for a while or even spend the winter with you so so that you can help me on my journey wherever i go he says for i don't want to see you now and make only a passing visit he says i hope to spend some time with you if the lord permits but i'll stay on in ephesus until pentecost he goes on with this letter right so it's like this thing perhaps for a while whenever i hope if the lord permits paul's just kind of like all right god i'm going with you jesus i'm going to walk with you and i don't know what next week or next month or next year is going to turn up but i'm just going to take the next step i'm just going to take the next step god show me what to do god says i'm going to give you wisdom to make a decision i'm going to give you wisdom to make a decision and so we do that. Uh, uh, King Solomon wrote this. Look at this, Proverbs 4, 7. He says, getting wisdom is the wisest thing that you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. De- de- develop discernment. Don't, don't you want for your, if you have a younger person in your life that you care about, you know, your kids, grandkids, if you're a teacher, a student, if you're a coach, a, a player, whatever. someone If you have someone that, that's younger than you, that's coming along behind you, that you love, that you care about, that you're watching grow, don't you want above almost everything else, you just want for them to have the ability to make good decisions, to have discernment, to be able to judge a situation correctly, right? Like, we have a, a freshman, right? He's, so he's high school in the next four years, and I'm already, like, grieving the fact that, like, all right, because I, I love to spend time with him, right? And, and I know that, like, in four years, he's going to go off into the world and go, go whatever he decides to do with his life, and it's like, God... <laughs> I hope we have instilled in him all the things he needs to go out there into the world and to stretch his wings, right? And to spread out and go do whatever you have him to, want him to do, God. And I hope he'll make wise choices. I hope he'll make good judgment. I hope he has wisdom and discernment. Don't you want that? We all want that. We want that for ourselves and we want that for our kids. And so Solomon comes along and says, whatever you do, develop good judgment. Have you ever, guys ever said this? If, if only I knew then... All right, what are we saying when we say that? If only I knew then what I know now. It's like you've got a little, you got a little more life under your belt, right? And it's like you can look back and go, <laughs> man, if I could go back and... Raise your hand if you made a decision or did something, you wish you could go back and change it, right? Have you ever done that? Have you ever been in a situation where you're like, I wish I could go back and, and change that, or if I could go back, I would do something different now, right? We've all done that. Right? If, I, if I knew then what I know now, and what you're saying is wisdom. You've developed wisdom. You made some choices. 
He made some decisions. Some of them were good. Some of them were bad. You learned from them and you moved on. But there's discernment. There's wisdom. We learn from these things. And so this morning, here's what I want to do. I want to give you three things that can help you with divine direction. How do we get this divine direction from God? How do we get uh, from God what, what, we, what he wants to impart on us? How does he do it? And then how can we take it and how can we use it? Here's the first thing we need to do. First thing, we need to walk. You need to walk with wise people. We need to walk with wise people. Look at what this proverb says. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Anybody ever associated with fools and gotten in trouble? (laughs) Right? Right? You knew. It's like, okay, you knew walking out the door Friday night, I'm going to go hang out with these knuckleheads and I know where it's going to end. Right, you knew what was going to happen. You knew if I go with these people and go do this thing, right, this is not going to end well. You were associating with fools. And the Bible, thousands of years before, comes along and says, hey, if you'll just listen, look at this. Like, stay away from this. Walk with wise people and become wise. If you associate with knuckleheads, you're going to become a knucklehead, right? Here's the thing. If, if, you, if you're a young person and you're like, hey, I want to start my own business. I want to be, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want, I want to go, I, just want, like, I want to kill it financially so that I can be generous. And so that I can do, like, I, want, I think, and I want to do this with my life. And so that, that's a great goal to have, right? But if, if you say, I want, to, I want to do this, I want to start my own business or, or whatever, you're not going to go to your buddy who's 32 years old still living in his mom's basement for advice. That's not where you're going to go. You're going to go find the 26-year-old guy that's killing it, right? That started his own business, that's out there just hustling and working hard, and he's got some things figured out, and you're going to saddle up next to him and go, hey, dude, what'd you do? How'd you do this? Who'd you talk to? How'd you get started, right? That's what you're going to do. You're going to associate with people who who are are succeeding. If you're married and you say, "I I want to have a marriage that lasts for a lifetime, I, the only way I want this, this marriage to end is death, right? When, when one of us passes away. And so I wanna, we want to be married for the next 40 or 50 or 60 years. You're, if that's your goal, you, you're not going to go talk to the lady who's been divorced five times, right? You're going to go talk to a couple. You're going to go talk to a couple who's been married. And they're in their third or fourth or fifth decade of marriage. And they love each other. And it's not been perfect. But they seem to just, like, it's just this, like, they're in love. And they love the Lord. And they're walking together. And they've made some mistakes. And they haven't got it all figured out. But they've got more figured out than the person that's only been, the couple that's only been married a year. And so what would it look like if you went to that couple and said, hey, we've just been kind of from afar observing. We saw you at church. And we see, like, we know you're not, we're not trying to put you on a pedestal. But what would it look like if we just had dinner once a month? And we could just kind of pick your brain. We've been married for five years. We've been married for 10 years. You've been married for 40, right? How do you do that? What, what do you do? Like, hey, hey, uh, wife, what do you do when you just want to kill him, right? How do, you, how do you not kill him? How have you not killed him the last 40 years? All right, what's that look like? Right? How did you raise your kids? Your kids seem awesome. I know they're not perfect, but they're walking with the Lord. How'd you do that? What choices did you make, right? Those are the kind of things you're going to do. Those are the people you're going to associate with. You're going to walk with wise people. Sometimes if you want to change your life, you've got to change your friends. Right? Show me your friends, right? And I'll show you your future. Show me your friends and I'm show, I'll show you what, your, what the next year is going to look like. Next five years. Like whoever you're, so, if you're associating with fools, that's how it's going to end. It's almost impossible to live the right life when you have the wrong friends. And so maybe for some of us today, it's like, 
I need new friends. <laughs> all right? Or I need to, I need to, like, I need to distance myself from some of these relationships that I know that, like, just drag me down the wrong path. And you know it. You love them. They're fun. Man, they are fun on a Saturday night. Right? <laughs> and they're still paying for it this morning for last night. Right? But you know that that's not going to lead you into the right place, the place where the Lord wants you. And so you have to make a decision. Brody and I were walking along the other day. We were out at the fairgrounds. His little brother had a horse show. And so we were just walking along, talking, walking to that. And I remember exactly, I could take you exactly where I was last Saturday. And we were walking along. And he was telling me about some decisions that some of his friends were making and some choices that he was having to deal with or whatever. And I said, Brody, I looked at him, I said, Brody... Thoroughbreds don't run with donkeys, right? Look at this. They're not going to put this joker in the Kentucky Derby, right? Thoroughbreds don't run with donkeys, and lions don't hunt with hyenas, right? And so who are you associating with? Who are you running with? Who are your kids running with? Who are your grandkids running with? Like, are, you, are they running with fools? Are they running with jack wagons and, and hyenas, Right? <laughs> I have to confess that I did say that I did say a more colorful thing to Brody that he was like he when I said that I said you know thoroughbreds don't run with jack wagons he said well what does that mean and so then we kind of talked about it right and and there's this idea that like who 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 is it that you're associating with is it going to lead you down this path of trouble you will never win in this world if you're not grounded in Christ center relationships let me say that again you will never win. As a follower of Christ in this world, if you're not grounded in Christ-centered relationships, we need each other. We're so much better together. So we walk with wise people. It's almost impossible to live the right life when you have the wrong friends. And so walk with the wise. Number one, walk with the wise. Number two, ask for wisdom. Dave mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Ask for wisdom. This is James chapter 1, verse 5. This is powerful. Chapter 1, verse 5. If you need wisdom... Ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. And so here's this promise. There's a promise in God's word that if you you say this prayer, if you say, God, will you grant me some wisdom? Will you give me wisdom to discern, to make good judgments? Right? Will you, God, will you continue to help me shape my heart toward you in wisdom and making the right choices? God's going to grant that prayer. And so why in the world, if God said, God's word promises us something, right, that, it, that is more precious than gold, wisdom, why wouldn't we take him up on that and have that as a part of our daily prayer time? God, will you grant me wisdom? Would you grant my kids wisdom? Would you give them discernment? Would you allow them to make wise choices in life with their friends, right, at school, wherever they go this, this week? Or would you, God, would you just continue to walk with them, right, and, and impart your wisdom on them? So we ask God, we pray for, how do we, we, we know that God knows far more than we do, and so we ask him for, how do we do that? Well, we, we can find that wisdom through his word. God gives us his wisdom through his word, reading his word, studying it through our prayer life, right? When you pray and think about things and you're connected to God and you're aligning your heart with his heart, right? There, there's wisdom there in your prayer life through the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that once you become a Christian, right, once you're walking with the Lord, there's going to, that this Holy Spirit's going to guide you and it's going to be there with you 
And it's going to help you in these ways. And so we rely on that. And then it's also through wise friends, through the people that we associate with, through the people that, that we are connected to. And so to get wisdom from God, we've got to spend time with Him. We have to spend time with His people. We have to seek Him every day and align our hearts and our minds with His Spirit. I love this psalm. There's a psalm that I came across the last couple of weeks, and here's what it says. It's, it's really powerful. It says this, I will, The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. I'll guide you. I'll advise you. I'll watch over you, God says. I want you guys to watch this uh, quick little video. Dig, dig, dig. Pedal, 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 pedal. <laughs> dig, dig, pedal, steer. It's shaky. That's okay. Probably should have had a helmet on. Bad parenting. Sorry. <laughs> hey, remember, go away to the cul-de-sac. Keep going. Remember helping your kids learn how to ride a bike? I will guide you. I will advise you. I will watch over you, right? I'll guide you. I'll advise you. Now, we let Melinda do the guiding and advising there because I was just going to let them crash, right? And so, like, I'll hold the camera. You do all the advice, right? And so she's like, pedal. She can hear, pedal, Brody, pedal, pedal, Brody. And I'm like, all right, bro, keep going, right? Dig, dig deep. That's kind of like the dad thing. Keep going, dude. Dig, dig, dig deeper, right? Right? But here's the thing. God's going to advise. He's going to watch over. He's going to be there. But we got to keep pedaling. Yes, right? We got to keep pedaling. You got to keep pedaling. You, you got to keep steering, even though it's wobbly right in the beginning. You're like, oh my Christ, it's okay. You'll crash. You'll get back up, right? And so we keep going. And, and so there's this idea that we understand that, that God's going to guide us. God's going to advise us. God's going to watch over us. God, tell me what to do. God, tell me what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to give you wisdom to decide. You're going to make a decision here. And so that's the third one. We, we walk, we ask, and then we make a decision. Sometimes you just got to make a decision. There's this idea that there's this, you may have heard this phrase before, the perfect will of God. It's kind of a misnomer. Like there, there's this idea that if you don't make the perfect decision, Right then, you should then you can't you can't make a decision. And so sometimes, have you ever been paralyzed with like making a decision because you're afraid you're going to make an imperfect one? You're like, I don't know what to do here. And it's like sometimes it's like somebody looks at you, you just got to make a decision. Right? We just got to make a decision here. We got to choose. We got to choose this or this. Let's make a decision and move on. And it's so hard because sometimes we're paralyzed with that, and we just don't want to make a decision. And God comes along and says, "I want to help you make this decision. You got to make a decision. You know, how, should I go to college? Should I get this new job? Should I move to this town? Should we rent?" Or by, should I marry this person who I think is my soulmate? Right? Have you ever thought about this whole dynamic of like a soulmate? Here's the deal. If everybody has, if we have a soulmate, the first time someone didn't marry their soulmate, it messed the whole thing up for the rest of us. You ever thought about it? Because you married somebody else's soulmate. And so like there's this domino ripple effect. Now we're all messed up. Right? 
Right? So it kind of just blows that out of the water. And so there's this idea that if there's just this one person that, you know, now there's a person that you, like you should look for someone who loves the Lord like you do, who's going in the same direction, who's making wise decisions, right? Who has some of the same goals. But, but the fact that the, the idea that there's only one person, if I don't find that person and make them, what if I, what if that passed me by on ever, right? And so you're paralyzed. Sometimes it's like, should I take, like, well, just, sometimes you have to just make a decision. You know what happens when you make an imperfect decision? You know what happens when you make a decision in life and you're like, oh, that's, that probably, probably should have zagged when I zigged there or whatever, right? You know what happens when you make one of those decisions? You know what you get? You get wisdom. You get wisdom, right? You get wisdom because you go, well, well, I'm not going to do that again. (laughs) All right? That's going to leave a mark. That left a scar. Let's not do that again. And so one of the things we, like, we, uh, uh, there's a quote from a famous coach. Look at this. Uh, I think this is the next. Yeah, he says, uh, we either win or we learn. Coach Cal loves to say this. We either win or we learn. I'm like, no, Cal, y'all lost. All right, you lost. Right? But you, you see the positivity behind, like, we either win or we learn. Let's learn from our mistakes. So with our, with our kids, we're like, let's learn. It's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to lose. Let's learn from it. Let's get better from it. And so don't waste your mistakes and not learn from them. Here's what's even better, right? Learning from other people's mistakes. <laughs> like looking at what other people do and go, yeah, that didn't work out too well for them. I'm not going to do that. That looked like that hurt. Right? Ooh, ooh that's bad do that, right? You try to teach your kids, hey, let's watch what other people do, and let's, let's make wise decisions. Let's learn from what other people, but let's make a decision. Here's, I wrote this down. It says, a successful spiritual life is not based on a few big decisions, but countless small and faithful decisions over a lifetime. Amen. Step after step after step. God, show me what to do, and God says, I'll give you wisdom. To decide. Here's what God gives us. God gives us this beautiful gift. It's called free will. You have the opportunity to make your own choices in life. All right, you get to decide what you're going to listen to, who you're going to listen to, who you're going to follow. Right? You get to decide if you're going to follow the Lord, if you're going to love Him and serve Him and be a part of His church. You get to decide all these things. And like, you get to make all these decisions. God didn't create us to be robots and program us, right, to do these things. He said, here, I'm going to give you this life, right? And then you're going to get to decide. I'm not going to show you exactly everything. You're just going to have to, to make some decisions and hopefully they'll be wise ones, but hopefully you'll learn from the other ones. That's what we do with our kids, isn't it? We're going through that, that right now. It's like there's these conversations that we're having with, with our 15-year-old. It's like, all right, dude, I, I know what I would do in this situation, but I'm just going to let you make a decision here. And that's, sometimes that's hard because you're like, I think they're probably going to make a bad one here, but they're just going to have to learn, right? They're just going to have to get their heart broken. Like, right, you're just going to have to fall down and scuff your knee up a little bit here. Dude, you're going to have to figure this out, a little bit of this out on your own. And so that's what God does with us. You're going to grow in that. You're going to learn from that. You're going to make wiser decisions. So we walk with wise people. We ask God for wisdom. And then we decide and we make a decision. And so those are the three things. Take those home with you today. I want to close with this. I want to go back to that walk with wise and become wise or associate with fools and get in trouble. Here's what I know. I know that, aren't you thankful that someone in your life came along at some point and, and, and showed you something better, right? Aren't you glad that, that someone along the path, someone's life intersected with yours? It was a parent, 
It was a grandparent. It was a, it was a coach. It was a teacher. It was a, it was a preacher. It was a youth minister. It was a neighbor. It was a friend. It was a coworker. It was someone, someone, a spouse, a sibling. Someone came along at some point in your life and said, hey, let me show you something different. Would you, would you come over here and follow me as I follow Christ? Would you come over here and, and, and let's, let's, let me show you like a wiser way. Don't associate with, with those because this is going to lead you down a path of destruction, right? And so someone came along at some point in your life and did that for you. You know how I know that? I know that because if it wasn't the case, you would not be sitting here today. Right? You would not be sitting in this room today if someone at some point came along in your life and helped you along your journey with Jesus and said, hey, come, come over here. Let's do this. Let, let me show you something. Right? And so you find yourself here today wiser and in a relationship with the Lord because of, of, of someone else. And so, so we understand that. And so here's what I, I want you guys to do. I want you to understand that we need you. We need you guys. I want you to watch one more thing, and then we'll be done with this part of our service. Watch this. I'll find myself fighting to please the crowd. I'll find myself fighting to please the crowd. I'll need you to remind me that I should obey God. I'll act like I don't have any problems. I need you to show me how to share my struggles because I want to have a lot of money so I can buy what I want. I'll need you to teach me that my things belong to God. That my things belong to God. I'll struggle with my looks and appearance. I'll need you to remind me that God wonderfully made me. I'll tend to think about myself before others. I'll need you to teach me that the last will become first. The last will become first. The last will become first. I'll think I'm a lot smarter than I actually am. I'll think I'm a lot smarter than I actually am. I'll need you to show me how to learn from God's wisdom. I'll want to avoid hard conversations. I'll want to avoid hard conversations. I'll need you to show me how to speak the truth in love. In love. I'll look for happiness in many different places. I'll need you to show me that joy is found in following Christ. I'll find myself stuck in bad habits. I'll need you to show me the way out. I'll need you to show me the way out. I'll need you. I'll need you. I'll need you. I'll need you. To point me toward Christ when no one else will. To point me toward Christ when no one else will. So there is a whole generation coming behind us that needs us. They are bombarded every single day with nonsense, with evil, right? And, and, and we get just a few opportunities to share wisdom with them, to share light with them, to share life with them here at, the, at church. And so let me give you some, some opportunities that you can help with, all right? There's going to be a QR code that's going to come up on the screen. If you guys want to use those, you can click on that here in a second. There's tables out in the lobby. You've probably already seen those when you came in. You can check those out when you leave today. And, and there's stuff, information out there about all the things I'm going to mention here right now, okay? Uh, in our el- early elementary, what, which what Matt leads over there in the, in the uh, CLC, they're about at 50% of what they need as far as volunteers. Folks to come along with our little ones, right? Our two and three. And, four, and these, this isn't just babysitting. Those kids are learning about the Lord. They're learning things every single week. And so we need more hands. We need more hearts. We need more volunteers in that area. There's a table out there. Uh, we, we're at about 50% capacity in our elementary ministry. Tiffany and Kim and Ashton and those guys over there, they need more folks. 
There's a few folks over there that are killing themselves. They're just killing themselves every single week. And they feel like they're on an island. They feel like they're drowning. They feel whatever you know, image you want to use. And we just need more folks to say, hey, I'll saddle up next to a group of, of third graders. Right? I'll come in and just share, uh, share some wisdom with some fifth graders. They need more, they need more folks that, that love the Lord and that, and that love those children. They come over there and are part of that on a regular basis. We need, we need folks. You can sign up here, here, or out there today. In our student ministry. Ray's about, again, he's about half of what he could use. We talked about this the other day in staff meeting, and I went around to all the guys and I said, hey, where are you with volunteers or with servants? Like, what do you, what do you need? And they're like, well, we could use, we, got, we could double them and we'd be still, we'd, we'd be okay, right? And so they're at about 50%. And I get it. Like, I know, like, the idea of going in, like, a, 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 a small group with a bunch of middle school boys, a bunch of seventh grade boys, I get it. They haven't figured out, like, deodorant yet, right? So they smell weird, and they're, they're odd. I get it. Like, but, like, everybody's got a cross to bear, right? So this may be yours, right? But those boys, those middle school boys, those high school boys, they need men. Some of them have incredible dads that are showing them the ways of the Lord, and that's awesome. But, but, and there's some others that don't have those relationships, right? And they need men to come in and show them how to be a dad, how to be a father, how to be a husband, what it looks like. Like what, when you grow up, like what does a godly man looks like? Maybe they've got a coach. Maybe they've got a teacher. They need someone else. My boys have, I, I, I try to uh, figure out where, where we can put our boys in situations where other godly men can come along and help them reinforce the things that we're trying to re- enforce in them. But we need help too. The pastor's kid needs help too. So it's like if we could get more people invested in our students and our middle school students and our high school students, right? Walking with the Lord. Wisdom. You've got wisdom. You remember what it was like in high school? Ladies, some of you ladies, like you remember how like mean girls are, right? And how horrible it is in middle school and high school. And, you, and there's these, there are girls that are just dying and they just need somebody. They talk to mom, they talk to grandma, but it would be so wonderful if another godly woman came into their life, right? And said, hey, I know exactly Exactly what you're going through. I, I know exactly how you feel. I've been there. I've done that. Let me show you in wisdom what it looks like to walk with the Lord. We need more people. We need you. We're going to, I think today, before we leave today, we're going to baptize the 90th person this year here at Shelby Christian Church. The, the, the most we've ever baptized... In, the, in one year in the history of Shelby Christian Church is 107. So we're going to blow that out of the water. This year, like literally, no pun intended, right? That's going to happen, right? It's going to happen before the end of the year. It, but here's the deal. When someone becomes a Christian, they're this babe in Christ. They're this baby, right? Well, guys, when you were in the delivery room with your wife and they handed you that baby, you didn't take that baby and then take it and roll it out on the street and say, well, good luck, <laughs> right? We don't do that with babies, and we can't do that with, with baby Christians either. They need people to come alongside them to say, hey, we'll start a life group. We'll start a Bible study. They'll say, hey, dude, I'll meet you every Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. at Cracker Barrel, and we'll study God's Word together, and we'll pray, and we'll just do, we'll start doing life together. We'll start walking with the Lord. I, I'm, you're going to say, hey, come follow me as I follow Christ. I haven't got it all figured out. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes every day, but come follow me as I follow Christ, and let me, let me help you. Let me disciple you. That's what this looks like, right? And so we need people to do it. We need life groups. We need small group leaders. All that stuff's there. It's out there as well, right? We need people to step up and go, follow me as I follow Christ. We need people to do that. We need more people to do that. Bobby said that in our marriage mentoring, they've got a, a list of young couples that have said, I would love, we would love to have a mentor, a marriage mentor. 
and, and there's just not enough mentors that have said, hey, we want to be mentors. And I get it. Most people are like, it sounds like being a mentor. I, mean, it, it, I, I don't have it. You don't have it all figured out, right? But here's the thing. If you've been married for 20 years, what would it look like if we said, hey, here's a young couple. They've been married for a year. Or they've been married for five years. And they're in the thick of it. They're raising babies. And they're raising kids. And he's killing it. He, he's, 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 she's working all the time. He's working all the time. And so it's like marriage, get, it, it's hard, right? And it's like, like you guys that were married, you've been married for 20 years or 30 years. Like when you were in our stage, like how did you win? What did you do? Share that wisdom with us, right? Like you guys have been married for, for 30, 40. How did, how did you do that? How are you winning? And so we need people to impart that wisdom. We need couples. What would it look like if you just said, hey, once a month, let, let's, let's go have dinner with this couple, right? So we've been married five years. They've been married 25 years. I think they can probably help us. They love the Lord. Their kids are doing awesome, right? They're not perfect. The marriage isn't perfect. Kids aren't perfect. But things seem to be going well. How can we have that, right? How can we learn from that? Marriage mentoring. If you want to be a part of that, you can sign up for that as well. Uh, we're, we have an incredible opportunity. We have an incredible opportunity over the last two or three years. We've, uh, Michael McLaughlin and, we, and I, we've worked really hard to establish a relationship with our local schools, our public schools here. It's like, hey, here, here we are at Shelby Christian. We just want to help. And so right now, in January, we started a mentoring uh, program at East Middle. And so every Friday, there's about six or seven, eight folks that, that meet in the cafeteria. They bring donuts and juice. And there's some kids that come in every Friday morning. And they just hang out. And they just hang out with our, our folks. And it's just like, hey, how's your week going? How are things going? And we went to the school and we said, all right, give us a list of some students that, that could just really benefit from another positive adult, uh, you know, relationship. That, that may be just struggling, just what, with whatever. <laughs> and I said, can you, we said, can you all come up with a list? And they're like, well, can we come up with a list? Right? And so there's a list. And like there's four times as many kids on the list as we have mentors. Right, and so they talked to the counselors, they talked to the teachers, and they said, "Yeah, let's put this kid on the list. Let's talk to maybe the family." And so we reached out. They reached out to the families. Hey, would you would your family be okay with this? And the families, yeah, that's fine. And so we get this all organized, right? And so we're doing it at East Middle now. We want to do it at West Middle. We want to do it at MCM, right? So there's these opportunities for us to walk right through the front doors of our public schools and say, "Hey, we're here to help. We just want to we just want to share with these students, some of them who may be struggling." And there's an opportunity for you to do that. Figure out, we can figure out when and how and where and all those things, right? We want to go to all of our elementary schools. There's about 150 K through 5 classrooms in Shelby County. If you include a cornerstone. So there's about 150 cl- different classes. And so here, here's the, the big goal. What would it look like if we went to every one of our elementary schools and said, hey, we want to give you a classroom buddy. We want to give you a person, teacher, class, that's going to show up every week, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever a Tuesday morning from from 8 30 to 9 30 they'll be here and if it's a reading buddy situation if it's a math tutor situation if you just need an extra hands to, to do whatever like what would it look like if we had servants engaged in our schools every single day of every single day walking through the doors just a little more wisdom to share a little more love right building relationships with kids and teachers people that are right there on the front lines right here and our kids what would it look like if we engaged and mobilized the whole church of people who said that and did that and said, come follow me as I follow Christ. Let's, let's engage in this together. How can we help? And so that's, that's a big part of, if you want to be a part of that, you can go out there today and talk to Michael. He's out in the lobby. You can hit that QR code on the screen as well. Um, 
And then the last thing, there's a, some uh, women out there with the women's ministry as well. You know, m- women who need other women to mentor them and guide them and walk with them down this path in life. Those folks are out there as well. And so, guys, here's, if, if you are worshiping on a regular basis, which, check. If you're involved in a life group, and if you're serving here, serving somewhere in the community, in the church, I'm not talking to you right now. And if you're not a member of Shelby Christian Church, I'm not talking to you right now, yet. But if, if you're here, which you are, and, and, and it's like, oh yeah, I need to do, we need to get life group going, and you know, we do need to serve, then, then this is who I'm challenging today. Because here's what we know, is that if you're worshiping on a regular basis, if you're connecting with other like-minded Christians who can encourage you and hold you accountable and share some wisdom with you, and then if you uh, engage in serving others, right? It's going to put you so far down the road in your walk with the Lord. Like, it's going to just, like, you're going to, like, have this. If you're a new Christian and you're like, hey, if you start doing these things on a regular basis, you're going to just jump way ahead of a bunch of people who have just been kind of sitting. <laughs> For 20, 30, 40, 50 years. If you worship, if you study, and if you serve, man some things, some light bulbs start to happen. And so that's what we want for all of our people. And so that's the challenge this morning. We need you. We need more people to share wisdom as we travel this path together. Would you guys pray with me? Lord God, thanks for today. I thank you for the opportunity that we've had this morning to gather in this place, to worship you. God, we know that your word tells us that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And so God, may, may our hearts beat for people, for young people who don't know you yet. God, may, may, may we become passionate and have an urgency for the next generation that doesn't know you yet that doesn't love you the way we love you, that hasn't found the calm, peaceful place of residing in your presence where you say you're going to guide us and direct us and advise us. God, there's so many of us in this room that are experiencing that, that experience that every day. Help us to have a desire to share that with others so that they can have the same thing so that they can walk with wise people so that they can avoid some of the pitfalls and learn from other mis- others mistakes and stay away from danger not not, not just a, a physical danger or the danger that's maybe going to derail them this week or this month but there's an eternity in the balance here there's an eternal danger that if we're not careful we can we can quickly walk away from you and never come back. And so God, that's what hangs in the balance here. Is the eternity for people that we know and that we love. So help us. Equip us. Encourage us. Spur us on in this way. We love you. We thank you for Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen. We want to give you an opportunity to respond. Maybe God's speaking to your heart about what Jason has said today. 
Maybe you just have some things that you need some prayer for. But as you stand to your feet, we're going to sing another song. And in this moment, we have some people over here that would love to meet you and pray with you. And after song is over, we will take communion together. So let's worship. Let's place.
you said, remember my body that was broken for you. And remember the blood that was poured out for you. celebrate so in just a moment can you sing that one more time I trust in God my Savior the one who will never fail he will never